The LA Clippers season is fast approaching, and with different expectations going into this season, what are some of the goals that the Clippers should have for the 2023-24 season? And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about goals related to the regular season and their record, the health of 2-1-3, and Ty Lue getting some redemption. What that means, I'm going to tell you on today's Locked On Clippers. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Vaziri. Going into my 19th season as a Clipper fan, born and raised in LA. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper and NBA content. And Locked On Clippers, free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to let me know where some of the goals that you think the Clippers should have this season or some of the goals that you have as a fan for them this season. Let me know. Let me know anything else Clipper related in the comment section below because. We want to hear from the most loyal fan base in the league, Clipper Nation. So, on today's episode, going to be talking about some of the goals that I've laid out in regards to the regular season, it being intertwined with the most important thing, which is the health of 2-1-3, and then, of course, Ty Lu getting some redemption, and I'll talk about what that means in the episode. Whew, but let's get right into it. The regular season. The first thing you have to face, let's not talk about preseason, the first real thing you have to face in an NBA season when it comes to results, regular season basketball. Now, I know that when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George came to the Clippers, the talk was championship. Championship robust. They got a win. We just got the finals MVP. We're getting a guy that finished third in MVP voting. You know, the expectations were there, championship robust, and it was a bust in 2020. We come back, I think a certain section of fans had a certain expectation, the media had a certain expectation, but it didn't feel as championship robust in 2021. For me, it was conference finals or bust. And we got to that conference finals, and I consider that 2021 season the most successful season in Clipper history because of the way that we kind of beat the odds in the second round for once. Finally. So that was special. 2022, Kawhi's out. We have no expectations. Now, going into last season, a lot of people were picking us to win the championship, whether it be media. Obviously, as Clipper fans, we were ecstatic. I sat here and said we were going to win it all because if the media, the mainstream media, who me growing up never talked about the Clippers, obviously, when we got Lob City, it changed things. But we weren't picked to win the championship that much with Lob City. That's the thing. Because of Kawhi Leonard, now we are in those conversations. Of course, Paul George is included in that. But it's because of Kawhi Leonard. He is the reason why the Clippers, when he's on the floor, have a different aura about them. A different energy and seriousness throughout the team. 
because he's a proven champion, not just because he came from a winning culture in San Antonio, but because he proved it as the man in Toronto. And yeah, there was some luck along the way. You need luck to win chips. Luck that the Clippers never seem to have. So that's the one thing that we're obviously praying for. And I've talked about it on previous episodes is the luck factor. And we're, But this season, after last season's debacle, nobody seems to be including the Clippers in championship conversations. And when I say nobody, I'm talking media and fans of other teams. Why would they? Because the main conversation is Paul George and Kawhi can't stay healthy. And they have every single reason to believe that. Because I, you know what I've said on this show, I think that it's hard for me to envision them being healthy enough to last the whole playoff run. But just because I think it's hard for me to envision it, and I think it's unlikely, and I think that the Clippers probably should have gone another direction, doesn't mean that I'm going to be right. And obviously, we're all hoping, including myself, that I'm very wrong. And that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George do get to have a full playoff run. Because uh, healthy. Because here's the thing. as Just because I said one thing doesn't mean that's necessarily what I would love to happen in a perfect world. In a perfect world, I don't want Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to, you know, their tenure as Clippers to end without them having a fully healthy playoff run with Ty Lue as coach. That's in, that would be so devastating. It's just hard to be optimistic about them anymore in that sense. But anything's possible in sports. Anything's possible in sports. However, the main thing I wanted to emphasize is the regular season. We can't get ahead of ourselves and talk about playoff expectations. Of course, it would be amazing to see us get to the conference finals. But what we need to see first is good habits in the regular season that get us start believing that in the playoffs we can really make some noise again. And not just because we have Kawhi Leonard on the roster. We need to show good habits in the regular season, rhythm, and a lot of that comes from health, I understand. But in terms of a goal, I still believe that the goal is the same. And that is to be a top three seed. But that was a goal that I set out on this show and on my channel. Not something that I know was being said in the Clipper locker room because very clearly they did not seem to prioritize seeding at all. And where's my evidence to that? Ty Lu after every game in the beginning of the season, talking about, oh, we're just tinkering, we're still feeling things out, as if we were a new team. I know we had a lot of players in and out here and there, actually not even a lot, mainly Kawhi Leonard in the beginning of the season. But one of the points I made last season around this time when I first took over as Locked On Clippers host was that we had continuity going into last season and the only player that we got was John Wall. And then we're talking about, oh, we're just figuring things out like we're a brand new team. And I think that's a level of, I don't want to use the word complacency, but a lack of urgency. Like you're not trying to, they're clearly just saying, we just want to make sure we're peaking at the right time. I get it. That's great. You know, that's great to be peaking at the right time. You have to, to a degree. But when it comes to peaking at the right time in the regular season, it's just, I don't know if it works that way where you can plan it like that. You know, you got to take things seriously and build those good habits. Because the Denver Nuggets had a terrible ending to the regular season this past season. The Warriors didn't have a great ending to the regular season in 2022. And they won the the championship, peaked at the right time in the playoffs because they had built good habits in the regular season early. Both of those teams, the last two champions, they built really good habits in the regular season early. So 
That's what I want to see. That, by the way, that Ty Lue thing about the tinkering was just one example. Nicholas Batum saying, don't expect anything till Christmas. Why should we not expect anything just because Kawhi's not playing? You guys have proven to be a good team even without Kawhi, a decent one. So why should we not expect anything? That's crazy for Nicholas Batum to say that. Kawhi Leonard saying he doesn't care about the regular season. I get it, man. You're a beast in the playoffs. You're a playoff riser, as they say. You, your game always plays bet, always goes up in the playoffs. But the rest of the team are, is not just you. You know what I'm saying? And then what's another example? The minutes restrictions. I mean, I've talked about it at, at nauseum at this point. The Clippers did a lot of things that did not prioritize. We're trying to win these regular season games. They did not talk about seeding or anything like that. All they kept saying was, as long as we get to the playoffs healthy, we'll take our chances. We didn't do that. We didn't even stay healthy in the playoffs. So the whole season just looked like a catastrophe. And it's not just bad luck. I think the basketball gods, there is such a thing. And it's karma to a degree. Not on Kawhi and Paul individually, but on the whole approach from the organization. Not be- And I'm not saying that because of the injuries. I'm saying that because of the, what happened in terms of the Clippers' result in the season last year. A team with championship expectations that had an up-and-down regular season, turmoil in the locker room, and then a first-round exit, and no one was able to stay healthy, even though they and the Warriors were probably the two teams that went to the highest degree of load management in terms of precaution for their players. And the only difference is that I always say the Warriors have championship pedigree. That's why they can afford to do that. And that being said, they still lost second round. So they failed in their goal. you got to build the good habits in the regular season. History shows us this. And health is a part of that. So coming up, so yeah, the goal is top three seed. I don't have a record goal. I'm not going to say 60 wins. Last season I said 60 wins at this time. Nah, just get a top three seed. I don't care if it's 59 wins, 69 wins, or 51 wins. Just get a top three seed. But coming up, the most important aspect of being able to even attempt to get a top three seed is the health of 213, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Going to be talking about what they can do and what we need from them coming up. I got to tell you a little something about Ibotta. Picking up burgers and hot dogs for a barbecue? You know you're already doing it, so why not get cash back for it with Ibotta? Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. All right. Let's talk about the health of 213. So to get a top three seed, we're going to probably need Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to play the same amount of games as I targeted last offseason. 60 plus. That's got to be it. 
And hopefully, the new NBA rule of you need to play 65 plus games to be eligible for awards increases their motivations to play and play when maybe they're not 100%, they're 95-90%. A little sore, but nothing that they haven't played, nothing that they haven't played through before, and they give it a go. And here's the thing, you might say, okay, and if they get injured, what? Well, they got injured last season doing all the precautionary things, so it's like, I'd rather them, if they're going to get hurt, and that's like, if I'm choosing how they're getting hurt, I'd rather them get hurt if they're going hard and trying their best every game that they can. But of course, I don't want them to get hurt. Like, let's let's not make it seem like I'm trying to manifest an injury here or something like that. I, I obviously want them to be healthy. And I still think 60-plus games is doable. Now, 60-plus games for each of them plus a healthy playoff run? That, I'm not sure. But let's, as I said, let's take it one step at a time. We're talking about goals right now for the regular season, and one of those is if they can play 60-plus games. Now, how can we do that? Well, as I said, part of it's just going to come from them pushing the medical staff and saying, no, we got to play tonight. We feel like it's an important game for momentum. Maybe we're on a winning streak. The only one I have to say, or only thing I have to say is the Kawhi Leonard back-to-backs thing. We knew what we signed up, signed up for with that, so I don't mind the Kawhi Leonard sitting out one game of a back-to-back. There are 15 of them in the season. That automatically chops off 15 games, though. And then now you only have seven games of breathing room if an actual injury occurs. And he might sprain his ankle or something, a small injury that could take off five games. The back-to-back load management thing already makes it very difficult for Kawhi Leonard to play that 60-game mark. But if he hits that 60-game mark, last season he played 52 games. And he missed 19 of the first, like, 24. Hopefully, if the comeback from the meniscus is better than the comeback from that ACL, and he starts the season normal, like Ty Lue's saying. He's saying that he's ready to go for training camp. He should be 100%. Then hopefully by game eight or nine, he will be getting 30-plus minutes like all the stars and superstars in the league do, and that will be a huge key to getting off to a good start in this regular season. Because when Kawhi's on the floor and Paul George is on the floor... We are favored in most games. Like, I think people are honestly forgetting that we still are going to be healthy some nights. And when we are, you're in for a game. You're absolutely in for a game. So as far as if the Clippers are becoming underrated by people, we'll save that episode for later this week. But Kawhi Leonard, I think he still can play 60-plus games. The key is if he doesn't get a serious injury in the regular season – We do the load management on back-to-backs, but hopefully he can play the other games. And then as far as Paul George, he's someone that tries to play basically every game. The only times he'll sit out back-to-back is if he came back from an injury and the the team is not trying to make him overwork himself coming back right away. So I get that. Every player in the league does it. It's not just the Clippers in that regard. But Paul George... I think he can play 60-plus games. He played 56 last year. It's just he has these little injuries here and there, like a hamstring. You know, he had the elbow in 2022. Feels like he's been injured absolutely everywhere, kind of like Blake Griffin was. But he still is in great shape. He still looks good. Obviously, that, that knee injury was brutal to watch. 
But I still think Paul George will be great. Hopefully he hasn't really lost a step. Today's surgeries and all that are at a different level than back in the day. So crossing our fingers, modern surgeries. Paul George looks just as good as he did in 2023. At the worst, I don't think he can be that much worse. He might be not as quick by a smidge, maybe not as explosive, but I still think he can be dunking with the best of them and still postering guys. But what we need is that 60-plus games. If we can get that from both of them, we can easily be a top three seed, easily. But will we get that? I don't know. The injury prevention conversation is a very tough one to have. You know, there's so much that goes into that. We talked about the medical staff in, the, in one of the previous episodes recently. Check that one out if you haven't, if the medical staff should be questioned. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Paul George, I want to just say what Paul George said, though, on a podcast that he was on. And he was saying that because of the fact that NBA teams don't practice the same way anymore, no five-on-five full speed like back in the day or like he did in Indiana, he thinks that the bodies aren't building the same callus and that they're going from randomly going hard to not going hard, having a rest day, and it just feels like it's inconsistent. And a body in motion is not fully staying in motion to the level that Paul George said he wants to play at. He said he prefers it that way. He said, practice hard, play hard. That's the old school mentality. But now, you know, with all the science and data and research we have on on injury prevention, they want to keep their million-dollar investments safe. But for the Clippers, it hasn't really paid off. So that's why you really got to question things sometimes. Paul George is saying that. I just wanted to bring it up because one of the players is saying that he doesn't think they practice enough. But at the end of the day, moral of the story is the health of 2-1-3 is everything for the Clippers' regular season and postseason goals. But with regular season goal, 60-plus games. The final aspect, Ty Lu and his redemption. What does that mean? Going to be talking about that coming up. All right, so Ty Lu, he didn't have the best season last year, but I still believe that Ty's one of the best coaches in the league. He was just on the Team USA coaching staff, which I don't know. I don't know if that honestly makes him look good or better at this point, considering that USA didn't even medal at the FIBA World Cup. But I still think Ty Lu's one of the ten best coaches in the NBA. I do. He had an incredible first season with the Clippers where you can see more offensive innovation. You could see more getting the most out of guys that, you know, were coming to the Clippers as rejects, kind of. I mean, Nicholas Batum, people thought he was completely washed. I thought he was washed. He's been a revelation. Reggie Jackson, talk about revelation. I mean, are you kidding me? He turned into Kyrie Irving in the playoffs in real time. Ty Lue gave guys confidence. He brought the most out of almost everybody. He was willing to bench our best players when things weren't going right to prove a point. He wasn't picking favorites. That was year one. And we were reaping the benefits. His small ball adjustment made the defensive player of the year look like a liability to some. We overcame the odds and beat the Utah Jazz without our best player, Tyron Lue. Second year, Paul George out 51 games. Kawhi Leonard out 82 games. 42 wins in a very solid West. Your best players are Reggie, Jackson, Marcus, Morris, Nico. Norman Powell only played like four games in the regular season. 42 wins. That's a coach that gets his guys 
motivated, ready to go, organized, no matter who's playing. That's special. But this past season, there were expectations, real championship expectations and a magnifying glass on them, on your team at all times and all the decisions that you're making. And Ty Lue ran into the problem of too much depth. Too much depth meaning, meaning that with the addition of John Wall, there were 11 players that had a case to be playing. We have been persistent at playing Paul George at the two since he's become a Clipper, and I have no issue with that. It's, in a, it's a huge advantage having a 6'8 two guard, 6'9 two guard. But that gave us three solid guards off the bench last season. John Wall, Norman Powell, Luke Kennard, and that's not including Terrence Mann, who some think is a guard. I consider him a wing in today's game. Those three guys, they can't just all play unless you're going small. And Ty Lue made the extremely questionable decision of taking the small ball to the max by playing those three together at once with no backup center at points early in the season. Robert Covington and Nicholas Batum as the backline protection. That is not a good switch everything lineup. That is, if one guy gets blown by, you're pretty much cooked. It was one of the more head-scratching decisions that I've noticed from Ty Lue in terms of lineups and personnel. Because we just saw in the playoffs what happened to the Brooklyn Nets when they went too small and had too many small guards out there. Or just guards that couldn't really guard out there. Boston destroyed them. They swept Kevin Durant and Kyrie. It's a copycat league, right? You can't go that small. And then we paid the price for not going for Isaiah Hartenstein, instead choosing to use that mid-level exception on John Wall. And we didn't necessarily need another backup point guard, but we've been searching for that point guard since the 2 on 3 era started. And now they seem to have found their guy in Russ. They wanted a ball-dominant, to some degree, point guard. A guy that's going to get assists. That's not Reggie Jackson. That's not Patrick Beverly. So they wanted that guy. They tried it with John. It didn't work. John Wall wasn't good enough anymore to get the kind of role that the team envisioned of him, the players at the top, Paul and Kawhi, maybe envisioned of him, and that he envisioned of him. He was a He's a backup point guard in today's game, John Wall. That's what he is. He's a guy who can give you some burst. He still can get to the basket. He's a good passer. He's just an older version of his old self. Can make good decisions in pick and roll here and there. But that's a great in transition, but that's about it. He's not a starting point guard in the league anymore. And especially not on a team with championship aspirations, and that's no disrespect. So, he wasn't that guy. And the Clippers, by adding him to the team, you saw that Tyler had to make tough decisions. And the fact that on opening night, Terrence Mann was the odd man out, that told me a lot about Tyloo's lens. We've complained about Terrence Mann not getting enough minutes for a couple of seasons. But that showed me a lot. Then it became Robert Covington. And then I started to see that Ty Lue sees the game from a point guard's lens. A guard's lens because he was a guard himself. He likes the small ball. Even though he doesn't come from an era of small ball, he comes from anything but. But he likes that part of today's game, what he can do with that. Having more skill on ball creation on the floor. But he's more of an offense first coach to me than a defense first coach. We saw that with his decisions last season. He didn't care about having big lineups with size, length. That wasn't his style. He wanted shooting. He wanted playmaking. Those are the two buzzwords he kept using at all times to defend those decisions. He said, I know y'all like wings, but I like guards. I'm a guard. 
When he said that, that told me a lot about his lens. There's nothing wrong with it. I have a slightly different lens. I don't think I am anywhere near the basketball mind that Ty Lewis, but I think that I can still have a disagreement with him. Now, this is where I, I disagree with fans. A lot of fans think that he's just a bad coach because he makes mistakes. You think any coach is flawless? You think coaches don't watch tape and see, oh, I should have done that better. Maybe I should have gone there. It's very tough in the heat of the battle because there are things that you practice, and this is something I learned from coaching even at a youth level. There are some things that you practice that even if you have a couple bad plays in the game, you have the faith in your team that we practiced it, so as the game goes on, you're going to get it. As the game goes on, they're going to make those small adjustments to do what they've shown me that they can do. But sometimes it just doesn't happen. And you got to go back to the drawing board and get back on the court and redo those things and fine-tune things. But sometimes in the game, it's very hard. It's not even a lack of adjustment. It's not that the coach doesn't see something. It's that he believes in what he has practiced and what he has shown works for him behind the scenes. But Ty Lu, it wasn't his lack of in-game adjustments that I had an issue with. It was his game-to-game adjustments. It was the persistence with certain guys, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, throughout the season, even though their performance was so obviously not good enough to be warranted in the minutes that they were getting. Reggie Jackson went to a team that we saw as our head-to-head adversary in the season. Now there's something we want to reach, the Denver Nuggets. He got traded to that team. He didn't play in the playoffs in real actual minutes that counted, that mattered. Nothing against Reg. I love him. He deserves a standing ovation of the highest degree when he comes back this season. I'll make sure I'm at that game. But he wasn't good enough to be a starting point guard on our team. Maybe not even a backup. Marcus Morris, it got to the point where he was getting bullied online. Like people were just talking trash personal stuff to him. Ty Lue put him out there to fail. Not with the intention of him failing, but he, he, he lacked common sense there to me. He kept too much faith in him because... One, I know he's close with him. And two, I know that he knows that Marcus Morris was not going to take it well being taken out of the starting lineup. And we've heard multiple reports as the season has gone on, as the season closed, that Marcus wasn't happy with it. So, again, you've got to have the right personalities. Ty Lue, how can he redeem himself this season? Playing Terrence Mann more as a start right then and there. Go back to not picking favorites and being as hard as you are on the stars as you are on the role players. Certain role players that he, basically the role players that he likes. Because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, he has no problem pulling them out of games when we're getting blown out. But when we have poor performance individually by Reggie and Marcus over and over again, and he's so resistant to take him out of the starting lineup, that tells me that he's, one, afraid. I don't want to say afraid, okay? That tells me more than anything that Reggie and Marcus are probably not going to take it well if they get taken out of the starting lineup. Sacrifice is major in pro sports, especially when you want to win chips. How do I know that? I just listen to other guys that have done it. I haven't done it. But I've sacrificed on teams before and in life. There are times you got to sacrifice in a job, whether it's not a sport. You know, let someone else do something. And the sacrifice from players, sometimes they have a, as a competitor, as someone who believes in themselves, you have a hard time hearing, man, they want me in a lesser role. But there are guys that have done that and have been rewarded with chips. Marcus Morris and Reggie, I think the hesitation was that those guys weren't going to take it well, and they didn't. 
So hopefully we have guys that are more with the program this season. And I hope Ty Lue's not afraid to hurt people's feelings. Because to be honest, Ty Lue's got to be like, look, if you're going to complain about it, you're going to moan about it, you're out of here. We'll trade you. Simple. So that's it. And here's the thing. Despite Harden and Russ being friends, if Harden comes and certain things start happening, certain guys start not playing well, and then chatter gets loud, especially for a guy like Russ, I don't know if that will make Ty Lue's job any easier, and then everyone's going to blame Ty Lue again for certain things. So Ty Lue can redeem himself by not playing three guards at once, and I don't count Terrence Mann in that. So here you go. Not playing three guards at once and playing more Terrence Mann, and I think Ty Lue will be fine. And playing, if Marcus is still on the roster, not playing him at all. If he does those three things, I think that he'll have a good season again. That's all I got, though. Let me know what you think. What are some of the goals that you have for the Clippers this season? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more L.A. Clipper and L.A. sports content. Locked on Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you hit the subscribe button here on the channel and hit the notification bell so you know every single time we post a video and follow us on twitter if you want at locked on clips the age-old proverb continues go clippers